Hi, my name is Yao Fusulabi, and welcome back to The Haymaker. The podcast that seeks to tell Ghanaian sports stories distinctively and give meaning to the greatness of yesteryear. If you're listening, thank you. If you're listening, let the world know. This, this, this is the haymaker. Is the haymaker. The haymaker. The haymaker. On this episode of the haymaker, it's a story from 1994, and why Ghana couldn't make it to the World Cup, even at the peak of Abedi Pele's powers. We are calling it. The Clemson disaster. It is July 1990, and Cameroon have just been eliminated from the World Cup, out with their heads held really high. Every one of them, including Benjamin Massing, Thomas Nkono, the goalkeeper, Francois Omombiik, Cyril Makanaki, and the side's talisman, Roger Miller. Mela in an interview was asked about how he felt about Cameroon and whether they had managed to change naive perceptions of African football. Mela's answer was simple. Just wait for Ghana. So much of the football world's attention got to Ghana after this. Who were they? Why had Mela mentioned them? And for the ones who had researched thoroughly before, why were they called the Brazil of Africa? The brilliant Ghana side of 1992 had an opportunity to display their skills and sportsmanship to the world. They had made a relatively good account of themselves at the AFCON that year, losing on penalties to Ivory Coast in the final. The Ivory Coast have won the cup. The scenes of celebration are fantastic. But in 1993, when the World Cup qualifiers reached the business end, they hit a brick wall in one game. It is not a time in history that is remembered fondly. It's Brahimi again. The forward from the local club strikes once more to make it 2-1. Algeria are in dreamland and Ghana's German coach can't believe it. The Ghana side of 1992 were the exponents of how football should be played in this country. And that meant anyone in the team could do anything and Abidi Pele could do everything. That side had an existential connection with a country that went beyond the cliches of regular love of country and of the beautiful game. We think it's one of our finest teams. Collectively, this, all departments were very strong, had players, a mix of home-based players and, and foreign-based players. And we, at a time when the captain, Abidi Pele, was on top of his game. Abidi was the ultimate expression of individuality on a football pitch. He added poetry to football, and there was just a touch of literature about his game. But if the Black Stars were to see some glory days, and Ghana would be heading to a first World Cup, it will all depend on him. He was African Footballer of the Year and was on top of his game. A country's hopes of reaching the United States rested on his shoulders. He needed something special to break the deadlock in the second half, and we got it from the African Player of the Year, Abedi Pele. 
once again going through the strength of the run and the telling shot, the difference between him and other players in the tournament. Abidi Pele was the quintessential um, leader. He was a leader on the field. He had a very strong presence on the field, not just because he was gifted, but he had a very strong personality and, and influence on, on the team to the extent that sometimes when he's not on the field, then we begin to, because the players themselves believed in him. Pele, Pele was like, for my generation at least, like the, the first Ghanaian football hero, you understand? Like, uh, I had to even grow to realize that the Pele wasn't even his real name and he was a Bidi Ayu and it, he, the Pele was from another Pele. You understand, like, but that was that was the first Ghanaian that everybody, everybody who every young Ghanaian kid of my generation wanted to be like when they played football. The World Cup qualifying group threw up Burundi, Uganda, and Algeria. Uganda had to drop out of the group due to certain issues, and that meant that Ghana only had to face Algeria and Burundi. The qualifiers began for Ghana in October 1992 in Bujumbura and Burundi prevailed on their home turf. Surprise, surprise for Ghana, but the intent was clear that the qualifying phase was not going to be easy for the Black Stars. Two goals from Prince Opokupoli and Kwame Ayu gave Ghana a 2-0 win over Algeria in Accra. The Black Stars looked back in control of their own destiny. After Algeria's draw with Burundi, the stage was set for a revenge match against the East Africans and Abedi Pele stepped up. He scored in a 1-0 win for Ghana that opened up a chance to qualify to the next stage if only the Black Stars could pick up a draw against the Algerians in the final group match. The stakes were high for the second leg. Ghana had won the first leg 2-0 in Accra and everyone thought it was time to reach the next qualifying phase. The Algerians, dying to have a bite of the cherry, took the game away from the capital, Algiers, into a relatively unfavorable northwestern province in a city called Clemson. Clemson um, is really the westernmost corner of Algeria. It's uh, on the border with Morocco. It's uh, very rich uh, in terms of cultural history. Uh, a lot of uh, Islamic empires were birthed over there. Uh, and it's also well known in Algeria for actually being the home to many politicians. Um, so it has a certain prestige about it. It's more known as a city of knowledge than a city of football. When Clemson comes to mind, what, what do you think of? Disappointment. It reminds me of the potential we had and the possibility of us going to the World Cup, but that we're missing. Our maiden appearance at the World Cup, that never was. Anytime I remember Tillensem, it is as if it happened only yesterday. In the period running right to the game, you know, we were all very skeptical because a year or so before the National Under 20, had beaten the Algerian national under 20 in, uh, in Accra. Um, we beat them by three goals to nil. We got there to Algiers. We were told the match was in Tuzu Ozu. We had to go there and under very strange circumstances, we were eliminated. So, um, we were, but on this very occasion, we were confident. 
So there they were, all the stars, Ghana's enigmatic crop, Abedi Pele, Anthony Bafo, Tony Yaboa, Joe Odoi, Ali Ibrahim, Frimpon Manson, and Prince Polly. Ghana's German coach Otto Fister's idea was to add sparkle to his formidable side, so he threw a young Siki Akono into the mix. The fans in the packed 25,000-seater stadium were hovering, and the whole place was incredibly loud. The day of the game, it was a rainy day. Cold, of course. But these are circumstances, these are situations you will find when you play football, you know. So sometimes we don't use the weather as an excuse. But I must say that there wasn't fair treatment. If I cannot speak for anybody, I'll speak for myself as the goalkeeper because I was the goalkeeper. I was the one in the goalpost. And as much as the weather was not the best, the pitch, I must say, is what failed me. And I'm talking of me as the goalkeeper, number. The pitch was so soggy. So soggy. And I will say to you, without missing words, that if it was a game of today, it would have been sanctioned. Another cause was that we had pressmen, cameramen with bazooka cameras with huge flashes, not less than 10 meters away from the goal line, which is unacceptable today. We're taking pictures left, right, center. The flashes were coming left, right, center. The game was played in the night. So it kept blinding me as to whether it was deliberate or not. It happened. We thought this is the time for us, you know, it's now or never, especially after the likes of the Tonys and the Pelis. So we thought this is now or never. And like I said, we were so overconfident when we, when we got there. We realized, you know, the players, players we had, there's no way uh, they could beat us. It's a fully packed stadium. It's not a very big stadium. But uh, it's intimate, you know, uh, 15 to 20,000 there can, it can really feel like they're on your back. Uh, the way they're screaming, shouting is fully packed. It was a very rainy day. I mean, and um, ball control was difficult. Uh, you know, our passing game wasn't there. And we, we kept falling all over the place. And what made it worse, you know, you, I recall very well flashlights that were coming in from the stands into the face of uh, Abukari Damba, who was then in goal. We, we had a, a goal ahead of, of them in the early minutes of the game. And so it was a big advantage for us. Of course, because of those days, you know, technology or how football has been advanced, you know, in that sense, was not there. So we were somehow robbed. The circumstances around the game were strange. The Black Stars arrived in fair weather, but soon it started snowing and then the rains followed. Flemson was cold. The players on the bench gritted their teeth to withstand it. Journalists in Ghana had labeled the fixture Operation Desert Storm to signify the magnitude of the game, only for it to feel like a premonition because the team faced an actual storm in the desert. It was a fierce game. After just 13 minutes, Ghana's Prince Poli had to be stretched off the field after picking up an injury and was replaced immediately by Kwame Ayu. 
In the 15th minute, a pass across the face of goal from Abedi was poked in by Siki Akono. It meant Ghana was cruising. The stadium is silent. It was 90 minutes game, but of course, you go to an away game, a very tough area, uh, and then you, you, you go ahead. You know, it's, it's a big advantage. Still with the 1-0 lead, we were confident. We felt that something good was going to happen. The Black Stars went into the break with a 1-0 win and one foot into the next qualifying phase. Goalkeeper that day, Abukai Damba, recounts the level of unsportsmanlike behaviour they had to endure at halftime. At recess, after first half, we did not have access to enter our dressing room. We didn't have access. The dressing room door was locked, key, and we're left outside. The Algerian players were no pushovers. It was a team that had won the AFCON three years prior, and a chunk of that team were still playing. With the fans behind them and the pitch soggy in many parts, they knew their time would come. Right on the hour mark, a Joe Ode miss kick fell into the path of Mohamed Brahimi, who scrambled it home past Abukari Damba. Top scorer in the Algerian league this season makes the most of an appalling defensive error and the scores are level. An Algerian team, that wasn't, that wasn't bad. I mean, it was a generation. Rabah Maja had, had, had retired and then you had uh, Sharif El Lujani and Musa Saib, who was very top with Oxe. So, yes, they got the equaliser, but we still, we still had a chance. But at this point, it was still 1-1. And um, though we were struggling, the field was soggy, we kept falling over the place. I remember very well, I mean, um, Abedi Pele, uh, what's the name? Tony Yebua falling everywhere. I mean, there was, you couldn't just control the ball. But then again, still with 1-1, we had the chance. If only we could see this through, we would be, you know, um, through to the next stage of the qualifiers, which would give us a chance to finish it off. Then towards the dying embers of the game, disaster struck. And with just seven minutes to go, a made to pay the penalty. It's Brahimi again. The forward from the local club strikes once more to make it 2-1. After the game, our coach at that time, Otto Fista, never spoke to anybody. We ourselves as players were quiet our heads buried between our knees. We looked like total strangers to one another. And that is very normal. It was painful, but I thought, okay, well, it didn't happen. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Because then we were, I was up also another up and coming. So I thought, okay, uh, I still have the opportunity to, to, to play another any of, the, any of your teammates who cried that day? I think um, um, the likes of Joe Dwayne's and the, uh, I think Joe Dwayne made a mistake for the. Uh, so I remember Joe was was beating himself very well, and then uh, we saw uh, uh, disappointment in in all in every every player's face. But uh, uh, say crying, I can't people. But Joe Joe Dwayne shed tears because. He made the mistake for the, and and then and Damba was was really down. Oh, it was hard to take. It was very very difficult. I I I you know I remember looking 
um, in, into the face of uh, a friend of mine, um, I of late, and I asked him, I mean, when again, when? Because, I mean, our dads didn't witness um, a World Cup. We felt that this was a time to make it, but it, it didn't happen. For a player like Damba, this was hard to take. He was not Ghana's first choice goalkeeper at the time. He was thrown into that game after a good run of club form. I had a very terrible time on the pitch because uh, my feet were nearly almost soaked in water. The water was very cold. My legs were almost freezing. Freezing point. And naturally, as a human being, blood, I need blood to flow through my veins to keep me active. But my legs were so, so dead, if I may use that word. That motion, movement, was a difficult thing. Damba tells me it hit him differently because there were scouts from Paris Saint-Germain in that stadium that night to watch him and he produced one of his worst performances ever. It still haunts him, 29 years after the ordeal. The man in goal that night had to bear the brunt twice, costing his country and his career at the same time. A singular man, for better or worse. Our hopes were so high. We knew they were going to qualify for the World Cup. And sometimes also overconfidence can lead to some, some of these things. As the goalkeeper who was supposed to save the team and have such an abysmal performance, a poor performance, unexpected and uncharacteristic of me, I was the most disappointed. So driving through the city, Accra has changed a lot since 1993. People have grown. The city has developed a bit more. The music has changed and football has definitely gotten better. But the pain of Clemson still rests in the underbelly of many of the country's older football fans. Some of us thought we had a side out that made a statement, not just to advertise the Ghanaian brand of football, but would have made the world realize that African football had arrived. If it had been now, I don't think that that, that would be, probably CAV would be more uh, in the decision-making where the match should be played, you know, and all that. If you had a chance to do Clemson all over again, what would you do right? I think, I think, wear the right shoes. Simple, wear the right shoes. Take the right shoes along. Because majority of us were wearing rubber stars, you know. Uh, and they and then when we came back and the field was uh, was full of water and then then, then they were wearing hasters uh, uh, only one player can wear has rubber stud and do magic it's a baby play there have been so many conspiracy theories since that game was played and all 29 years ago there's one that says the algerians intentionally watered the pitch at halftime to make an already soggy pitch worse issues of match manipulation amongst some of Ghana's players and the thoughts of why the game was taken to Tlemcen in the first place. But whatever it is, the fact still remains that Ghana just couldn't do enough to reach the World Cup in 1994. I tell you, it's, it's, it's well and good, but it all happened past. We only learned lessons and useful lessons. I feel bad for him because it would have really been completed like 
his whole legend, you know, because he, he, he won the, the European Cup, right? So if he was at least able to have gone, it would have been a beautiful thing. Do you regret not playing in the World Cup? Is this something that... Oh, it's, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a moment of time, you know. If I regret, what about Pele? Avery Pele. <laughs> a big star like him, is, you know, but it's a moment of time. They are all part of the struggle. I am among the privileged young Ghanaians to have seen the country qualify for several World Cups. But I can't help but feel sorry for my dad's generation and the generation before that, my granddads, who claim their teams were even more talented than these ones. There have been many debacles and Ghana as a country has particularly not lived up to her name as a football nation. It has just been one degree of disappointment after the other. So whenever you hear Thlemsen, just know the bit of history attached to it. Thank you for making time to listen to another episode of The Haymaker. This episode was produced and presented by me, Yao Fusulabi, and edited by Joseph Agri.